This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the Senior Editor at Education X. Thank you for joining us. Common Core State Standards has been a controversial topic across the country for many years, and under the new federal law, the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, the federal government can no longer provide incentives to states to shape their standards in one direction or another. Yet, most states are keeping the high standards that they were encouraged to put into place by the Obama administration. The state that lifted its standards more than any other state in the country is the volunteer state, the state of Tennessee. Volunteer state is not a bad moniker uh, for Tennessee because Tennessee has voluntarily placed its uh, state standards to what Education Next has declared to be A-level performance. I'm delighted to have with me today on the Education Exchange, Candace McQueen, Tennessee's State Commissioner of Education since January 2015. Uh, Commissioner McQueen, thank you very much for uh, joining me on the Education Exchange. Great to be here. Well, so what was the process by which Tennessee raised its standards from the F level at which it was back in 2009 when we were grading, we've been grading these standards for many years and Tennessee was at the bottom for quite a long period of time. And then it started to move up and it's gone all the way to the top, A level performance. So how did Tennessee do this? Well, we paid attention to those Fs. Um, we not only had the F that for multiple years from Education Next, uh, we received multiple Fs from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce dating all the way back to 2007 and again in 2009. And so um, the rating of F was a wake-up call, quite frankly, for the state. And there was a wide coalition of individuals, everyone from the education community to the business community to our higher education community, and certainly uh, parents and, and teachers and students from across the state that truly uh, coalesced around we can do better, we can be better, and we are better than the F that we uh, were getting. And so there has been a decade's worth, really even slightly over a decade's worth of work to raise standards four to five times over that period. And we have done that with strong implementation and we believe that coalition um, ultimately moved us finally to an A this year. Was, was there any uh, resistance to, to all of this, or was this just such a broad basis of support there was no real opposition to There's it? There's absolutely been resistance. Uh, certainly when you are raising expectations, you're raising rigor, um, you're setting expectations that are around college and career readiness, uh, you have to have buy-in. And, and certainly we've had uh, buy-in at moments, and at moments we've had questions on are these the right standards, um, are we ultimately um, pushing everyone to a four-year institution? Where does two years sit? Where do other credentials sit? And while we know that there's an expectation for all students, we know also that post-secondary education is a broad term, and we've really tried to look at expectations for all post-secondary programs and careers that set up our students for success. Well, so the Common Core State Standards were a controversial topic in Tennessee, as they were in many other states uh, a few years ago, and it hasn't gone away even now. So do you say that you have Common Core State Standards with your high standards, or is that, how does your standard raising connect up with this broader national movement? Well, we have college and career readiness standards that ultimately prepare our students for post-secondary, and we've done that with a, a broad coalition of our higher education community in Tennessee and certainly with reviews from outside of our state to make sure our state did move to standards that are high standards. But we certainly started with the base of Common Core standards when we began a review process 
starting as early as 2016. And that actually led us to a version of standards which we believe are even better because they've had teachers who've been implementing those standards for four years uh, give input, um, give feedback, and these are content experts in the classroom, and they were able to actually move, we believe, to standards that are very uh, aligned to what our expectations are, but also have the ability to implement in a more seamless way than potentially what we even had five or six years ago. So you've made a special effort to implement the standards to make sure the teachers know what the standards are and what the curriculum is that's supposed to be designed to meet those standards and how to teach that effectively. Is that something you've been working on? Yes, I think the implementation in Tennessee has been unique. Uh, we started with higher standards, truly with the Tennessee Diploma Project standards under the America Diploma Project standards, and we were already determining new implementation and training at that point. Then under Race to the Top, we did large-scale trainings under Common Core, and then eventually have moved to implementation that includes new resources from the state, where the state provides teams of districts um, resources, implementation guides, uh, specific training for facilitators that are multiple days during a year, and then they re-deliver that at the district level with additional supports. We now have uh, you know, 6,000, 7,000 teachers who also get direct service during the summer before the implementation of a set of standards the next year. So our implementation is deep, and we continue now to align to new resources and curriculum decisions as we go into new textbook adoption So do you cycles. feel like the teachers have bought into this new standards that have been put into place, that this is not like it's being forced upon them, this is something that they're part of? Tennessee teachers have been part of the process from day one. They truly have invested in their own learning, their own ability to align to those standards. Certainly they know that the, the new rigor is challenging, and so they have sought professional development and they have been invested in being part of the teacher training themselves in terms of their coaches. They work with us directly on the trainings across the state, and they continue to help refine the standards over time, too. So teachers have been part of this process from day one. Well, uh, our data show that uh, according to the NAEP, uh, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, uh, Tennessee test scores, though they haven't improved uh, dramatically over the last uh, eight, nine years, they have improved. They're one of the top 10 states in terms of uh, improvement over the last 10 years. Uh, I think California's up there. District of Columbia is knocking it out of the park, but District of Columbia is sort of a very unusual place. But so Tennessee looks pretty good uh, compared to the, so why do you, it, it, why has it been so difficult for so many states to really show much improvement over the last decade and and why do you think Tennessee has probably done a little better than than others? I think a lot of it comes down to alignment and coherence from state level expectations all the way down into classroom expectations. Uh, we have an accountability system that truly creates that alignment, high standards and aligned assessment that has a depth now that actually reaches the, the um, expectations of those standards. And we continue to have an accountability model that um, honors growth and proficiency, but growth matters. And we even conclude growth data in our teacher evaluation components of our multi-measure evaluation system. All of that matters because there's an alignment all the way down into the classroom on what those expectations are. And there's accountability at the state level, district level, school level, teacher level, 
and even the student level related to how they're doing on those standards. So what is the accountability system for teachers? Because I know that's a very controversial topic and a lot of the unions in many parts of the country have resisted any kind of an accountability system. And the one in DC has been very effective. That's probably part of the story in DC is very effective accountability system there with big salary increases attached to high level performance. So are you doing something like that in Tennessee? So Tennessee has a multi-measure system where we do include uh, test data in that multi-measure evaluation system. So every year you have an observation component. You also have a component that's an achievement measure that the, the teacher gets to choose from a multiple uh, list, multiple types of measures. And then there is a growth measure that counts for 35% of that teacher's evaluation score, which looks at growth of your students over the last three years on our state test. And so because that is included as that value-added measure, you ultimately have a system that does value what the growth looks like with your students from year to year. And we do have strategic compensation in our state. So districts have the opportunity to think about how teachers do on that multi-measure system and create a bonus or compensation structure that honors that from year to year. And we have tried to continue to invest really over the last three years significantly at the tune of about $450 million in teacher salaries to make sure there is this honoring of what the teacher is doing in the classroom to support our students. So, but now when the rubber hits the road is when you have to let a teacher go because they're just not performing at the level that is required for students to learn. So have you really been able to address that tough, challenging problem? I think that's a, a, a tough problem for any of us to uh, to come to, particularly at the district level, because you are looking at multiple pieces of data. You should never look at one data in making a decision about dismissing a teacher. And we do see that principals primarily rely on their observation data, which is the largest part of the evaluation cycle, um, to make that decision. Um, but they also should be looking at the other measures that are much more objective in nature compared to that when they make any kind of decision about compensation, uh, dismissal, any type of retention for teachers. And we use a lot of uh, support in our regional offices to make sure that folks that are on the ground have the ability to look at all those measures when they're making a decision because the worst thing that can happen is to only base it on one one data point. But have, have teachers actually been dismissed after careful review and uh, encouragement to improve and so forth, but has that have the tough decisions actually been made? In yes, Tennessee? that has happened in Tennessee. In fact, it's somewhat interesting if you look at our teacher evaluation ratings from one to five, five being the highest and one being the lowest, our teachers that are a four or five are retained at about a 94% level from year to year. If you are in the one to two range, then you're retained at 70% or lower, all the way down to about 20% at the, at the level one percentage. And so our teachers that are getting lower ratings are not retained as highly as the higher ratings, which is exactly what you would expect with a multi-measure system. Well, that is good news, and uh, it may help to explain why Tennessee is making some progress, according to the national assessment. Now, uh, uh, we are hearing a lot about teacher strikes these days, and teachers are concerned about their compensation levels. And then states are really burdened by all kinds of financial constraints that uh, are tightening with every passing year. So what's your uh, assessment of the fiscal situation in Tennessee? First of all, let me just ask you, how much of the total cost of education in Tennessee is being paid for by the state government as distinct from the local governments? 
Great question. So in our, our basic education formula, we do um, take on a large portion of uh, teacher salary from the state, but there is a local match that is required. Uh, we are primarily funded through state money, not federal money. And we're a low tax state, and we've had uh, the blessing really the last several years of having a, a lot of revenue coming to the state. We've had some of our highest revenue years the last few years in Tennessee, and our governor ha and legislature has prioritized that for education. In fact, the last three to four years, education has been the number one spending priority at both the higher ed and the K-12 level. Um, that is intentional. Uh, the governor truly is an education governor and the legislature believes that that has created uh, sort of a, 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 an economic boom in the state. We have the lowest unemployment we've ever had and we also um, are number one in small business growth. We're bringing more jobs to the state and that is because the investment in human capital investment in education has been job one uh, from improving K-12 education but also created an environment where people could go to post-secondary for free two years of free community college or technical college for all of our high school students and then we just started a free community college and technical college program for adults called Tennessee Reconnect so all of these are creating an environment where if you want to go to college and you want a job uh, there is a place for you in Tennessee, and that continues to help drive our economy as well. But there is this Medicaid problem out there. You know, Medicaid is, is just rising. Uh, the costs of providing services are rising. The uh, number of people eligible are rising. Isn't that sopping up a lot of these additional resources that are coming in? Yeah, our state truly has, um, you know, had multiple different moments where they've looked at health care and has not made um, some of the moves that the governor would have liked the state to have done, and I think that'll be taken up by a new governor and new legislature here in the, in the next few years, but it is always a concern. I mean, health care matters and education attainment and what you ultimately um, do in your economy, and so it is on everyone's mind, and we have to continue to think about it very holistically as a state. But you haven't felt the pinch yet in no, education? No, not yet. Partly because you've had a unusual growth in Tennessee. We have. I think our revenues have helped that and then there's been a prioritization on education and that is not necessarily happening in every state. We know we have to continue to invest in teacher salaries. We're committed to that and I believe even under a new governor we're going to continue to invest more and more in teacher salaries to get up to uh, you know a top teacher salary in the country. So uh, there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal recently that said, this is great, but then you should be giving your very best teachers uh, a lot of increases in salary instead of across the board increases in salary. Are you, are, and that's very controversial. So how has Tennessee approached that? Well, so. what we have done is we give a, a pool of money for salaries to the districts. And so let's say we have a 4% increase that pool of 4% goes to the district and the district has the opportunity through their local strategic comp plan to make a decision about how that's spent. They could give more money to their level four and five teachers. They could give a cost of living increase to their one, two and three level teachers, but they have that flexibility at the local level. Our state board approves those plans. Uh, we have uh, lots of conversation about those plans when they come in from year to year if there are changes that are being made. But we really create an environment where we want the local school board, local community to make those decisions. And quite frankly, we want more of them to think about using performance as a way to drive um, bringing in the best teachers, retaining the best teachers. And where we see 20 to 25 districts doing that really well 
they're getting the best results ultimately in, in our state. And we can see that through the results that they've gotten over the last several years. Now, before uh, we uh, wind up, uh, and I want to ask you, Commissioner, about all this controversy over the testing that's taken place recently. And uh, the, the, the Education Next study is based on the 2017 results. So were those results affected by the testing hiccups that occurred, uh, I know they've occurred in 2018. There's been some oddball things that happen when you go online, but you were online in 2017, didn't you have a- did We did have, have a, multiple districts that moved online in 2017 as we were phasing in the online transition. And we, uh, we had our challenges that were uh, more statewide in several of our days of testing in 2018 but we have transitioned fully to our higher expectations aligned with the higher tests since 2015. And uh, we believe that those expectations and now being able to see actual performance indicators through our testing cycle has allowed folks to really align instructionally to what those expectations are. Seeing what those questions look like, seeing the task, seeing the problem solving expectations helps you think differently around what that standard means in the classroom. And so having three years of an aligned test has helped us make some dramatic improvements in the classroom. So 2017 tests were not very much affected and the NAEP is not being um, offered this year by the U.S. Department of Education. It won't come out until next year, 2019. And so we're just expecting Tennessee to have all those little problems solved about going on to online testing by 2019. And we'll have this nice opportunity to look at how the state is moving forward in the years uh, that are coming. Absolutely, we're making all the right adjustments and we look forward to our next NAEP cycle in 2019. Well, thank you, Commissioner, for joining me on the Education Exchange. This is Paul Peterson. Uh, this is the Education Exchange, which is released uh, on Monday at noon every week. Uh, thank you, Commissioner McQueen. Uh, the Commissioner, Candace McQueen, uh, is uh, the Commissioner for uh, the State of Tennessee. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you.